cliffcentral.com. All right. It is Friday morning. What are your plans for the weekend, Simpiwe? Doing anything fun? I'm going out with the girls this weekend. I am going to oh. see some of the girls. We're going to have some cocktails, some mocktails. And yeah, that's all I plan on doing. That's it. Just chilling with the girls. Well, <clears throat> I'm still not drinking, so I'm uh, actually going wait, away. Wait, wait, Gareth. I, I, no, 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 still not. Wait, but you, wait, I, I'm curious, right? I actually wanted to ask you this. On your interview mm-hmm. with uh, Leanne Manners, uh, yes. y- you had admitted that you took a tequila shot. When was Yeah, with this? her at the races. That was uh, end of January. Oh, so okay. I, I didn't say I didn't say I'm teetotaling. I just okay. said that I'm not. So that was one one shot of tequila in like two months. It's okay. effectively, okay. you know, it doesn't really count. And I mean, I'm not. It's not like I'm trying to. Um, I'm not an alcoholic who's trying to get off of something. So I don't have to give it a complete blanket ban. But okay. um, I thought because I hadn't seen Leanne, there were a lot of people around, and I did have one drink with her. So that was absolutely true. But I haven't had any others, and I'm not missing it. It's the weirdest thing. Like I, it was such a part of what I used to do every weekend, and so far I've had various tests, and none of them have made me want to take a drink. I'm not missing it at all. But I'm not saying I'm going to ban it from my life forever. I'm just enjoying it at the moment, and maybe eventually I'll decide that it's worth carrying on. Who knows? Okay. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, should be fun. And um, as a result, I'm actually going away with some uh, with family this weekend. We're going to a, a place not too far from here, and just going to spend the weekend doing very little. Uh, maybe do some walks and go out in nature a little bit. Uh, you know, very healthy and salubrious things. Nothing too uh, strenuous. Nothing too difficult. Oh. Morning, GC Nation is Smangaliso uh, calling my name. Leaving later today, one of the best places on earth. Oh, okay, that's where you're going. Oh. It's Mangaliso. Oh, okay. Where is that? Is where is that? In Durban? I'm just guessing. John, tell us where that is. Sure. We don't know where it is. Oh, Joy, Gareth and Gord, here comes another rant about human behavior and how the rest of us are inferior, says Clint from Laval. Not on my hey. watch. It's a Friday. Calm down. <laughs> down, Clint. What the hell? Is that what we usually do? Not on a Friday. Maybe any other day of the week. Not today. Not on my watch. Like, feel good Fridays. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, and listen, by the way, uh, Clint, you gotta, you got to deal with that confidence stuff that you don't have. you got to figure that out, all right? I mean, uh, you can't have us making you feel inferior unless you feel inferior. You have to give people permission to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're giving us permission to make you feel bad, then you can't complain about the results. And as far as I can tell, we try to make funny observations about humanity. We don't try and make people feel inferior. Is that a thing that we do? Not to my knowledge. Okay, so John has cleared up where Ismangaliso is. It's in St. Lucia. You don't know that name. I'm ashamed. It's, out, uh, it's our first heritage site. Oh. Is it? Oh. I didn't know that. We but there we go. So it's St. Lucia, which is which is that, that magnificent part of KZN. We've got that estuary and all those, uh, those national reserves. You've got incredible bird life. I haven't been there, but I believe it is magnificent. Ooh. So, yeah, good. People exploring the country um, at this, this magnificent time of year. Good. 
get out there, do it. Tell us where you've been. And we want to hear from you. You can also drop us a comment, like, and subscribe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Simpiwe wants to tell us quickly about this eight minutes concept thing. Okay. So I just want to get, I want to get this in so we don't forget about it before the end of the show. Okay. So my question to you, Gareth, or and maybe this is something you can adapt. I'm going to try adapt it this year, is the eight-minute okay. concept. So apparently, right, um, I saw this on Simon Sinek's uh, page where okay. um, people only actually need eight minutes when they're not feeling okay, um, they're you know, uh, feeling under the bus or life is a lot. Um, in order for them to feel better. So if they come to you, so if I come to you, Gareth, and I'm like, do you have eight minutes? And you're like, sure. It takes eight minutes for me to feel however I was feeling. You and I having a conversation, you being a bit comforting for me to feel better. And so now he's oh. basically adopted that and he'll send like a friend a text or he'll get a text from a friend to say, do you have eight minutes? And if the answer is yes, then he knows that he has to kind of dedicate eight minutes to this friend to kind of support them or see them through whatever issue they're going through. And after eight minutes, they will feel better and they carry on with their life. That's beautiful. Yes. I think that's very, you can actually improve someone else's life in eight minutes. Yes. Just by comforting them or listening to them. But eight minutes is all they need and they will feel better and they can carry on with the rest of their day. I don't see why we all shouldn't be trying to do that. I mean, it's not going to drain you. If anything, it'll make you feel better. Yeah. If you make other people feel better, you feel better, right? So it stands to reason that this is something we should all try and do, and especially on a Friday. Yes. Why not? Get out there and make other people feel like they're fantastic. Spend, I don't know, eight minutes? Is that is there a reason it has to be eight minutes? Well, it's said that that's what people need. So I guess you don't have to exactly time it if someone comes to you and like, hey, can you just be a sounding board? Um, but it's not, I think it's taken away this whole concept of like, hmm. I need hours and hours of just crying and you listening to me vent for me to feel better. It's it's one of those where you can get your point across in a few minutes. And I like that now because I'm like, I don't have time to listen to you have a throw a pity party Why? for hours and hours on it. It gets a lot. Like, you know, it's nice for like one day, but it gets problematic mm. where every time I see the same person yeah. and then every time I see you for three hours, we're complaining about the same thing about life. So this is great for me to say, hey, I can I can spare eight minutes with you every time I see you to complain. And we can and then afterwards we can feel better. And carry on and, and move on. Life is a lot. So I'm not saying life is not a lot. We're all going through not it. Sure. But we can't throw pity parties for like 10 years straight. We can't do that. That we can't do. So eight minutes. Well, Carl says, uh, Carl says, dude, I can improve people's lives in two minutes. Just ask my <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, someone who usually improves our mood in about two minutes is uh, Gord Laws. Listen, Gordo. Thank you for no, we can't hear you. You're on mute. mute. What an idiot! On mute. I've been no, standing no. by. Uh, how's that? Still not? No, it still sounds terrible. Is, is uh, you... I don't know. I got my mic no, now set up. Now it's better. Now it's better. Now it's better. Go. Is, is it okay? I was yeah. standing by for eight minutes, um, ready with that. It only takes me two minutes to make someone feel better. Just ask my girlfriend joke, and then call. Left me with absolutely nothing. 
I, I, I have been pondering something since since like, since trying to sleep last night, and it's because of pondering this that Ryan was able to message me at fucking zero zero twenty eight and ask me if I, I want to be on. The only reason I was awake to answer that question is because I've been thinking about something that I thought maybe you could help with, Gareth. If you had a small concern, not a huge concern, but a small concern about Indian miners, the birds mm -hmm. are digging holes in your garden, but mm -hmm. these Indian miners are young, adolescent Indian miners. Would it be safe to say that you had a minor, 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 minor concern? You've got a minor, three, minor, minor, minor problem. I get three of the miners, Indian miner mining in your garden. Minor miners. You said four miners, so what's the fourth one? you got a minor concern about young minor mining. Minor miners, yes. yes. Yes, I love that. That's uh, four of them. I, I, I was getting three, but now you've explained it. I love it. Minor, 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 minor concern. I have a minor, minor, I have a minor, 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 minor problem. Anyway, that's all that that was in the absence of a decent joke. Stolen by that's the best I can do. People often ask me, well, you know, what do you and Gord talk about when you're not on the show? And it's pretty much the same stuff we talk about when we're on the show. We we are both uh, really interested in language and especially things like that minor, 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 minor joke. I love things like that. And Gord always comes up with good ones. But he did come up with something interesting the other day. And I actually, I took you so seriously, I even took a screenshot of this. Ooh. And I wanted to talk about it when he's next on the show. And by the way, Gordo, thank you for being on the show this morning. I know that it was last minute. And no, um, awesome. I, um, we've been chatting about needing to do more of this for ages, and then we don't. So aside from uh, this midnight plus 28 minute heads up, um, I'm stoked to be back. I'd like to be, it's good to see you guys. Well, it's always good to have you on. So, so what we talked about last time, Simpiwe, you know, Sunny Hostin from The View. Mm -hmm. So she was apparently completely um, discombobulated. She went on that show, Who Do You Think You Are? Which is where they trace your, they trace your ancestors. They tell you something about your family tree. And Sunny Hostin, it turns out, is descended from a slave owner. Now she is, you know, she's always going on about like how important her uh, heritage as a victim is. And she always feels like, you know, she's one of those people who deserves reparations because her ancestors were treated so badly. And she's really got a like big chip on her shoulder. Anyway, she finds out in this show that she is descended from slave owners. And it completely blows her mind because now suddenly she can't be the victim if one of her ancestors also happened to be a slave owner. It kind of, like everything in life, it's complicated. Nothing is as simple as it seems. So the minute you put someone in a box or you put yourself in a box, in her case, you are doing yourself a disservice because there's a whole lot of really complicated stuff going on. Nobody's history is easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got complexities of various kinds. And I thought it was interesting. So I posted this the other day on Instagram. And then Gord said something which I thought was really fascinating because it does apply to a lot of us in South Africa. So he says, when your whole identity is tied to an external thing, you literally don't have any identity at all. This is now the words of Gord. He says, um, be it as a group, an ethnicity, a gender, a sexuality, a mental health issue, a trauma, a sports team, a band, whatever. It's one thing to identify as a fan or an aficionado of something, but when that becomes who you are, then you are actually nothing at all. 
There's a lot of irony in that. Those who do, who, who are the fiercest about their identity often actually don't have one. And I thought that was such a good observation. I don't want to make too much of it, Gordo, because I think we can discuss it a little bit. But, you know, so often we talk nonsense on the show. And I think that this is such a valuable insight because, I mean, you've, you've gone through like everybody has a couple of internal struggles. You try to figure out who you are when you're in your teens, in your twenties, you kind of, you, you play the field, you have lots of different experiences. Again, you're trying to figure out who you really are. And I think some people get caught up in identity as a replacement for personality and character. We've discussed that before, but when your identity is based on external things, according to your reasoning here, it actually doesn't make you happy because you don't really have an identity. It's based on a whole bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with you. Is that about right? Yeah, I mean, and and I just also would like to clarify that I'm not actually speaking specifically about this lady who I don't actually know anything yeah, sure. about, whose slave ownership thing. Although in that case, it's like everybody, like all human beings, we all descend from common ancestors. We all started yeah. we started as and are still one people we then go back to the same we go back to the same mammalian ancestor we go back then to the same reptile ancestor until we actually literally green sludge in a in a pond that all mm -hmm. living creatures come from so if you say there were slave owners there were almost certainly slaves and slave owners murderers and the and the and the narrow survivors of family murders in my history mm -hmm. White people have been slaughtering the fuck out of each other for a really long time. And before they were white people, before they were black people, white people, um, you know, Asian people, everyone was one African people. And those people were probably slaughtering the fuck out of each other. All of them. In fact, they definitely were. Humans yeah, always have been and always have been killing each other. And while white folk have done some not proud shit in the last few hundred years, they've always done stuff as bad to each other. As, as 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 anybody else i mean like, everyone's been in, so so it's almost impossible that you as a living human being don't have slaves and slave owners in your ancestry whatever color you are it's, Correct. it's the chances are almost zero so that's one Correct. thing to um, that that both you've had been as your ancestors have been slaves and had slaves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. been the one person in a family of 20 not brutally murdered because you ran away and also been there murdering whole families everyone's ancestors have done that shit 100%. but um with identity you know it's it's like an, it's an important topic for me because it's something that I've, i i i find the whole idea of identity politics and identity as a as a thing you can go and fight about um really sort of paradoxical because your identity we, we we speak in terms of your fingerprint your id number your retina your things that make you unique who you are mm -hmm. your personality is kind of an aspect of your identity um and there's uh, there's kind of external extrinsic things like your name will have will have an aspect of your identity but the things that make you who you are have nothing to do with what you identify with outside of yourself so this is a, a point, uh, and and Gareth, you said in our chat about this. We must really unpack this and not like go off topic. And I'm like, okay, well then, no, you're gonna, I, I'm going to talk for a few minutes. But I mean, so, um, so Simpiwe will tell us if we're getting boring here. But I, I think yeah, a yeah. lot of people, a lot of people, are very, very interested in these definitions, and I think it'll help so many I people think, to kind of figure it out in their heads. Like your comment made me think. I, 
I think I even said it in that conversation we had, like in the next step or two, I'm like, it even ties into kind of my spiritual beliefs, which I said, I can unpack without making you vomit because like identity, <laughs> identity is a form of narrative when it's external. Okay. So, but I got to look at myself and say, okay, own up to this. I'm tattooed from, from everywhere to everywhere. And a lot of this stuff is things I'm about, you know, I got like a Eric Cantona tattoo for Manchester United here. I've got three Metallica tattoos. I've got, tattoos about bands and cartoons and video games I've been into. And so you could argue like, well, Gord is a Man United guy, Metallica guy, fucking Mortal Kombat cartoon guy. And like I've built an identity out of being into stuff. There's some Star Wars mm -hmm. dudes behind me. Um, hashtag don't like the new movies. But um, these are things I'm into. And these are things where I find common ground with other people. And these are things that have like entertained me and kept me kind of interested and 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 given me a sense of something to do and a little bit of purpose and a little bit of group belonging in my life i don't see them as who i am similarly like you know blackie chan is 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 really into like lying on her one particular fluffy blanket that has to go in a particular box but she's not that blanket and box because that's what she's into so it's almost like to 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 take an identity from elsewhere and go okay there's a group of people that hate this or love this or see each other as like left-handed pro seagull lesbian um you unite you're taking a thing that exists without you where i know that if i died and or, or rather if you went back and prevented me from being born manchester united's results would never have been any different that not one yeah. more or less goal would have been scored and probably they'd have if you take the three pounds from every 30 pounds that a shirt costs that actually goes to the team they'd be like a hundred pounds worse off over my lifetime metallica would have sold nine less concert tickets and 14 less cds and they wouldn't even know about it not a single song would have been written differently not a single goal would have been scored differently if i decide that like I'm going to go be a white supremacist because I happen to be white like it wouldn't have unless I was out off doing dastardly deeds if I just think all the time I'm so white I'm such a white guy god I'm white look how white I am there's another white guy it's not doing it's not doing it's nothing to do with me it's it's so so here is a good way to put it is like you are not your clothes and then yeah. you go well you're talking about the oppression of my you know recent and long term fellow left-handed lesbian seagull fans because like we've been through so much it's like yes you collectively have but not you if you hadn't have been born you know per, a, a cultural or ethnic group x would still have their same shit that they've been through would still have done right. the horrible shit that they've done the spanish would still have a lot to answer for in terms of the inquisition if one yeah. particular spanish oak hadn't been born or had been born somewhere else in the world like unless you the actual dude that did some of the shit like a main ringleader of the shit in which like like goebbels can have the identity of of you know being a nazi but like the cool young German people I met in um, when I was traveling there a year and a half ago don't identify, they're not responsible for it by just by, by virtue of being there. So you are not your outfit. You can wear the suit that you can wear the, 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 the team kit as much as you want, but that doesn't make you the team. You can wear the hip hop outfit as much as you want. It doesn't make you a rapper. You got to be doing something and participating in it so 
now with social media, we sit with this extra degree of separation where we're passively watching people we identify with do life and then criticizing or praising them. So I have no money. I have never achieved anything. I've got no agency. No one cares. I'm not the boss of anyone. I can't direct anything. But I'm going to sit and shout at the screen about how Elon Musk should be doing things because he does matter. Um, if I mattered, I'd do it differently. So do it differently, Elon. Like now you're not even just standing as part of a group wearing the shirt and adding to the numbers of this collective identity that you're faceless in. Now you're doing it as if watching a TV show. As you know, get some people, and I imagine our beloved Sia Sanguini might be one of these people that shouts at the horror movie, like, don't go up the stairs, don't go up the stairs, don't go up the stairs. You're shouting at the world from a screen that can't hear you. You're yelling yeah. at fucking eric ten hog or jürgen klopp to go to sit put this player on and take that play off they can't hear you so it's like you honestly are stripping yourself of any real identity and these forms of identity and i, I will stop talking momentarily now, now I'm, I'm getting i'm getting to the end of this but these forms of identity now if you take away how much it annoys me from like a from like an irony and a contradiction and hypocrisy perspective and just how fucking dumb some people clearly are when they're out there I am this shirt, this hat, this particular Pantone beige, and what happened to people 400 years ago that I've never met, but I've seen a very grainy photograph of. Um, even if these identity things are good and, and positive, I'm a healer, I'm a pro everyone, I'm an I'm a inclusive, I, I, I'm out to spread hashtag love. You, by being a story in your own head, by being a narrative, you get away from the actual soul that you are. Like, and and do you take it as spiritual or just take it as whatever this random scientific coincidence of, of consciousness is that comes from no God, nowhere, or take it as a religious thing where it comes from God and comes from divinity. We are a conscious being inside of a meat body. That conscious being would be the same as sacred, as aware, as awake, as conscious if you had plonked it as an Australian white dude or an asian lady or what or, or a native american 700 years ago before white people came and fucked up the ecosystem that person as a as a soul would be the same until they start being their clothes and start being their hat and start being the team shirt and start being their favorite band and i am metallica fuck you megadeth that's fine. Because all of that stuff, all of that stuff is added to you. It's like layers that people put on top of you. And some of it you're not even consciously taking on yourself. Other people are putting it on you. Like uh, someone once said to me, you know, everybody who takes their religion very seriously, and there are lots of people who do, um, they have to realize, like, if they were just by a freak accident born in Saudi Arabia, their their personal relationship with Jesus would would not be what it is. They'd be Muslim, and if you were by freak born in Hindustan, you'd probably be a Hindu. And if you were yeah. born in 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 Afghanistan, you'd be a Muslim. And if you were born in China, yeah, there's even something with, going on. Even not because there's like I, I'm talking about like there's a separation between stuff that actually happened to you and stuff that didn't happen to you. So. Whatever oppression, whatever political disadvantage, whatever will be part of your real experience now. I mean, ancestrally it becomes it becomes different, but like you you will grow up with various privileges and rights or not various privileges and rights, depending on where you are and and and, and what color you come out. But the idea is that the person you are 
sitting in the seat of consciousness, observing life, reacting to what happens outside, listening to these thoughts that are bouncing around in your head, that soul would be the same, that, that's who you are. And the circumstances that you drop that soul into would change its life experience. But that's your identity. So for me to say to you, I can get granular about what I'm into. I'm a word nerd. I'm a writer. I'm a creative, to use a term I hate. I'm a Manchester United fan. I'm a metal fan. I'm a hip-hop MC and a drum and bass MC and a metal bassist. I can, go, I can give you 200 words of things that exist without my involvement, if I was never to have been born, would still exist without me. I didn't create them. I just have done them. I'm also I also eat like quite a lot of um, quite a lot of lamb chops. I'm not a <laughs> lamb chop because it's something I'm into. So the uh, more of these things you pile on as a right. list of shit, let me you ask like, you something. Let me ask you something. It is your identity. Okay, I think that's that's awesome. And Sanele said something true here. He's, God is right. You're stripping yourself of identity and dignity. Imagine how stupid you look, zap signing a screen. Um, we were talking earlier, Gordo, about Simpiwe found the story about people who are doing cow therapy, where you go and you you pay twenty dollars and you get to hug a cow for a couple of minutes, and then you know the the, the poor old cow. I don't know if it knows what's going on. But the people who come away from cow therapy feel better about themselves. Maybe just because that soul that you're talking about gets to actually be uh, itself. It gets to be vulnerable. It gets to be around another soul that doesn't judge, that actually doesn't know or doesn't care, but can just pretend, even if it is pretending, or really, if it is really, love you. And it's like yeah, people I are just desperate for connection. I cuddle a lot of cows. I usually use my mandibles to cuddle them. It's a gentle, it's sort of a firm but gentle massage. But yeah, you get the same thing from animals, right? Animals don't generally have much of a sense of identity except that they love you, your dog, or fuck you, I'll cuddle you when I want to and screw your feelings, Helen, your cat. Um, yeah. But like, they don't care. They're just the little, the little person that they are. So Again, I'm not saying I'm I'm not suddenly superior to and above being into shit because I am into a lot of shit. But I know that those things exist without me, and I'm watching them and finding them entertaining. And I have a strong opinion about the shitness of my football team at the moment. But for that to be who you are makes you n not a, a thing, not a person, not an individual. Listen, there's a very got small a number of people that invent these things. While we're on the animal thing, I just have to also say that if you follow Gord on Instagram, he's been posting the cutest animals. I didn't even know half these animals existed, dude. Maybe and and they, make little, they make little sounds. Have you seen this stuff, Simpue? No, but I'm just saying, like, where is he finding these animals? Like, <laughs> you got a zoo so in your backyard? <laughs> oh, no, they're not mine. I follow, like, a number of channels. You've got to game the algorithm. You got to game. So gaming the algorithm, I've been telling the, the the Instagram algorithm that not only like dismissing ads I don't like, and that thing is listening. I mean, it's not a conspiracy. We know it is. They open about the fact that it is. But I say like, hey, buddy, nice new car. I'm stoked you got a new car. I'm thinking of getting a new car one day, maybe also. Then like just from saying this, I guarantee you car ads in my future. But I, I've been dismissing ads for years literally for five years i've been dismissing ads but i always dismiss as not relevant so i have stripped instagram of ideas it's like every single thing ever even if it is relevant i'm just like not relevant what happens when you reach the bottom of that 
is you get paid ads for bands, sometimes shockingly shit bands <laughs> that have paid an ad for their for their little song and then go like go to with a link to Spotify to follow them. And um, yeah. in, individual influences, like random people. Some of them are like, look, I'm pretty. And it's like, I need more followers. And other ones are just like, it's just like Sharon from HR. And she's like boosting a post about herself. And she's got like 700 followers. And you're like, but why, Sharon? So that's what happens when it runs out of ideas. Um, but I, 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 am, I can't be a person that bitches and complains about social media while being on it. Because that's also dumb Correct. and fucking ironic. But I, you need to take responsibility for your own algorithm. You need to unfollow or mute those people who you like in real life and who only... I've got one friend who I adore, but all she gives a fuck about is Palestine. And I mean, I, I, I know that it is on the white women of South Africa to solve the Palestinian issue. And God, I hope they hurry up because lives are being lost. Like, white ladies of South Africa, can you get to the bottom of this? Declare a fucking per, a villain and a, and a victim so that we can get your shit together i love this person to pieces in real life and i got but I, I can't bear them on social media so you either right. got to unfollow these people or mm -hmm. mute them you take responsibility because when that garbage of bad news crap people yes. shit attitudes gets to you it's because you haven't curated your own feed mm -hmm. and it's like you, you're gonna that thing if left unmanaged is gonna bombard you with idiocy bullshit yeah. and sadness and How people you, and, and hating humanity. So I unfollow and mute those things and I follow the fuck out of We Love Otters. I follow the fuck out of Wombatstagram. I follow like cute there's like four or five cute cat accounts. And then you'll then you'll then you'll you follow two wombat accounts. So now you'll get endless wombat stuff and some of it will be shit and like not very good. And then you unfollow those and then you, you follow the ones that are good. And then eventually I become a curator of really cute squishy animals. That other people get benefit out of my feed. I, I I go through ten average otter posts so that I can share the cutest one with you. It's a pleasure. I love, I love a cute animal. Fuck best. I I was watching your channel the other day and you had <clears throat> there was some little animal I've never seen anything like this before. It's almost like a rodent crossed with a cat crossed with a soft toy, and it a makes capybara. The, and no, no, no. It makes these like mew, mew noises. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. It, 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 it has it a name. I, I swear. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so goddamn cute. I wish I could find it. It was a couple of weeks ago, Gord, so I don't expect you to remember. But man, I looked at this yeah. thing and I, I put it up on mine. I'm like, this is the sweetest looking little thing ever. It didn't even look like it was real. Like it was AI generated. Uh, yeah, I can't, I'm not sure which one you would you talk about because it sounds like a pretty solid descriptor for the like that. Those are the basic minimum requirements. You got to be cute. You got to be squishy. You got to make a squeaky noise. But what is it about? We understand that as like human beings have a, a love of baby animals. Like yeah. anything when it's a baby, just just about anything when it's a baby. Sorry, I'm getting a phone on mute. My bad. Anything when it's a baby is suddenly lovable and cute, even if it's terrifying and hardcore when it's older. Um, yeah. So my phone now won't unlock and won't let me put it on mute. But like, I also think it's probably not just human. So just uh, quickly as a diversion from this, we'll get back to the squishy, cute animals in a second. Yesterday, Simpy, where my phone wouldn't switch off and it froze. Oh, did you I do a like, hard oh, reboot? <laughs> so I tried that. So that's where you hold uh, the, 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 the button on the side, the plus button, and you hold them down for like 10 seconds, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. Never, never worked. So then I thought, well, okay, this has happened once before. And then 
I was still able to use the screen. So I went into settings and went to shut down and then it shut down and it rebooted and it was fine. But yesterday I was, I was stuck and I was like, oh God, I've got like 60% battery. I'm not going to have to wait for the battery to run out because it wouldn't do anything that I asked it to. It was totally frozen. So I thought, oh God. It's you weird. You it, don't it, have it ties to my dream last night. My dream last night, I was in some sort of shopping center that was also like a teenage nightclub, Joel. So like a, a restaurants and, and shops and stuff, but also me and my, me and my homies are out on like Santon City Saturday night. And I had an old, for some reason, I had an old Nokia phone and you have to like tap, 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 you know, like press like three times to get to R. Yeah. And I, I was looking after my friend Candice. I don't know why she was my responsibility, but it's like get her home safely. And I had my girlfriend with me. And I lost both of them. And I, my phone, I couldn't text accurately. No matter how I tried, I couldn't call up oh, their names to phone them because I would try oh. to go like, for Candace, I'd like go ABC and then accidentally oh. press again and go back to A. And I would oh. like write Candace, but I'd get one letter wrong and it wouldn't find. And this was like I was screaming oh. with frustration because I like, couldn't text. I couldn't oh, call up their name. To go back to the phone quickly, do you know how I eventually got it reset? Did you shout at it? <laughs> I did. I did. I used Siri. So I, sa I said, um, hey, Siri. And then it went like this. And I said, shut down. And then it came up with this thing on the screen. Until that next time. There we go. Until next time. And shut down. I was like, man, that's awesome. So I can actually, next time it freezes, this could be a tip for anyone who has the same problem. I also have those frustrating dreams, by the way, Gord, where you can't type or you can't open a door yeah. or you try, to, you, you try to hit someone, but you just don't connect. You know, like those kinds of dreams are so goddamn irritating. And I don't know what they mean because they're all these weird people who tell you that dreams mean something. Probably doesn't. But uh, it's the worst kind of dream. By the way, the animal that we were looking for, Ryan says, the animal That's we're looking quaker. for is a quaker. That's what they, it is. They throw their young at predators as an escape tactic. So if a quokka has got baby quokkas, they will chuck babies at the predator as a diversion and get away. That's like, how's that for, I just quickly ruined quokkas for you. Yeah, I thought they were so nice and now I think they're horrible. I don't want to get this wrong. So my Google, Google fact check me, but I believe that they're like Australian or they're from that area of like the Pacific ocean. And they, they like live on some of the smaller islands or somewhere on Australia. And they're like, don't have natural predators. So they just no. let you cuddle them. They're just like, Hey, big creature, you must have no ill intentions. And they always look, they look smiley. They always look really, really smiley and happy, but they're very yeah. cute. But then if you if you actually do like threaten one and it's got babies, it'll chuck you a baby to get to, to, to in order to escape, which I think is probably quite a good survival technique. Like I could have horrible. more babies. It's horrible. It's, I mean it's, it's like isn't it always the other formed, way around? Like. I am a fully formed breeding adult. I've got nine babies that I've got to look after here. You probably only want one or two of them. Have these that get away. It's, it's a great idea. It's like, you know, if you're getting chased by a lion, you don't have to be faster than the lion. You just have to be faster than your slowest homie. Like the best, you know, survive a lion attack, you need to learn a good knee kick for the oak next to you. Just quick a quickie. Uh, yeah, Carl says, I love how Gord just randomly drops in that he has a girlfriend now. Have you got a new girlfriend? 
Uh, yeah, I wasn't actually like kind of consciously dropping it in for any strategic reason. It just formed part of my story. Uh, I do. I've been dating a very magical lady for a few months now, and um, nice. I'm very, very happy. Very good, yeah. Gordo. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and somebody also complimented you on your uh, latest kids book. Steph says, Gord, I just ordered your second book for my daughter. Looking forward to reading it together. Oh, I'm so stoked. Thank you very much. Um, I try not to plug the books too hard, but we didn't actually have much of a plug party for the second book. Gareth's feedback on it was it was quite short. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, 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 when I launched my first book, I had like a build up amongst my own friends and family. So like the first two days of launching, I sold a whole bunch of them because people were like waiting to buy it. But the biggest sales spike we had was when I came on the Gareth Cliff show and spoke about a penguin called Dave. And then we sold like a few hundred copies just in the next day or two because of the, the GCS uh, listeners. And I, I really appreciate that. So if you like the first book or if you haven't checked it out, like it really does help. I'm a small business. It costs me a great deal of money. There is no profit in it for me. Um, pop on to turtlebirdbooks.com and there you can buy it in South Africa. We deliver either of the books, the first one or the second one or both. And you can also get them from Amazon everywhere in the world. It's the easiest way to find them is just look for Gord Laws and then my books come up. Everything is on turtlebirdbooks.com and please do check it out because still, it's still my dream of what I want to be when I'm big. I wanted to release these kids' books like every two or three months, but the reality is marketing them um, mm. and, and kind of trying to recoup some of your costs for releasing them takes longer than that. So I've got two out and by now I wish I had 10 and if, if I just sold more of them. Um, another thing that's like just on the point of kids' books, which sort of speaks to a broader point that other people can probably relate to is the fucking difficulty. And if anyone can help me with this, seriously, please, gord at gordlaws.coza. I cannot get onto the system with any of the book major book dealers in South Africa. They, like, fucking, I'm going to call out exclusive books because I don't have any problem with the record label saying, hey, we heard your CD, your band's rubbish, we don't want to sign you but never responding to, we've even received yeah. it. Like, yeah. I cannot get a book to them. That no one will answer my emails. But the thing is this, they have sold my book, sold out, ordered more, sold out, and tried to order more. They just won't buy them from me. And the reason is because I'm not on the system. Well, so when, And Wordsworth books, it's the same. Astoral books, it's I, the same. They all have the system. Like, I, I just have, I've had enough of people who just don't get back to you. Yes. Like, it, whether it's, whether it's professional or personal, and this is such an ongoing irritation to me. It's like, even if you tell me, as you just said about the band and the record company, like if you think I'm, I'm shit or you're irritated by me or you don't want to deal yeah. with me in business, just reply to me and say, hey, listen, not interested. Thank you. I'm no, not, there, I'm, exactly. I'm there's, no, there's nowhere that you can't reach people so it's like it's like there's layers of somewhere there's decision makers a, a lady or a man whose job it is to decide we will or won't stock this book the book mm -hmm. needs to be compliant it needs to have an isbn number it needs to be registered with the sa libraries i am fully compliant now there is a company and i will name them because they, they they're like a, a, a woman called i won't say her first name but the company's called willow trading they're a book distributor they are on the system with all of these bookstores <laughs> Mm -hmm. We then got a deal where I, I gave her a bunch of my books. She then, I got them almost no money, like literally enough to pay for the printing for them so that she can put a markup on them and then sell them to the store that puts a markup on them. Much better for the store to buy it from me. I'll give it to you for cheaper and I'll make more money. But this lady is on the system. She sent my books to every branch of exclusive books. They sold out. They bought more they, and, mm -hmm. and the other bookstores. 
I can't myself. So I even went to Wordsworth Books and said, here's my book. You've sold it before. You're trying to order more. I'm not dealing with this woman because she's never paid me. It took me a year and a half to get some of my money from her. She still owes me money. Bad business practice. But they're on the system. The last old white 70-year-old Tani that could add someone to the system died two decades ago. And now if you're on the system, you're on it. And if you're not on the system, you never can get on the system. Like, please, can someone... Just put me in touch with somebody from oh, these bookstores that sure. actually has some kind I wanna, of. I want to read. I want to read this to you because I thought this is such an awesome comment. Someone said this on, on on Twitter the other day on X. Instead of ghosting me, just simply say I don't think I can keep up with your astounding wit or alcohol tolerance, but thank you for the exclusive opportunity to try. Just tell people what's going on. Like there's this there's this cowardly cowardly thing that goes on. And it's especially true in like a post-COVID world where people just avoid each other and they ghost each other instead of just telling the truth. Like just reply. Even if your reply is, fuck you, I never want to talk to you again. Just reply. Then at least we all know where we stand with you. And you're not some weak, lily-livered, spineless, ballless, gormless person who can't even type a reply to an email. Like, hey, I need this thing by Thursday. No. Fuck you. I can't do it by Thursday. Great. I'm, That's a reply. I'm completely serious when I say, like, if anyone there knows somebody at exclusives who has maybe can make a decision and, like, reply, put me in touch, please, because they do want my book. They've tried to order it a third time. They just can't order it or won't order it from me. The people trying to order it from me via the crackhead woman. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. They do. All right. It's, it's so Cook says, I'm the same as Gareth. I don't understand people not replying. I've got a client who owes me 4,000 Rand. She just ghosts me. I've offered to make payment plans, etc. Still no response, not a peep. What is this thing where people are just afraid to even reply? But see, there at least there's an understandable reason. The person knows that they're in the wrong. They know that they've got something to answer for. Like It's not good, it's, but you can see what the crime being committed is. Just not answering you when you're not even sure you have the right email address to just not say, look, thank you for your interest. We'll get back to you. Or thank you, I've received your mail. We'll follow up. Or thank you, but no, thank you. We're full right now. Right. It's different. Like that, I can tell you why she's, she no. or he are ghosting you because no. they owe you money. So I'm not saying it's right, but it makes sense. No, 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 God, there's no make sense yet. Let me tell you why. Because I bet you, if you had to read up their conversations, the, the customer at the time was like, I need this now. When can you get this by? They're busy, oh, yeah. like blowing up your oh, phone yeah. until they've gotten the products or whatever it is, right? And so now oh, yeah. afterwards, they're just like, oh, no, like it's just 4,000 Rand. The simplest thing you can say is, I haven't gotten paid. Give me two more weeks or whatever. It's easy to reply, especially when it's a very like, Oh, I have your numbers. We're on WhatsApp. I'm not saying, um, you know, that it's bad enough yeah, that you no, can't pay, but you can always point. reply and say, "Hey, can I pay you when I get paid on the 20th?" Yeah, yeah, month. no, I, I'm saying I'm not saying it, it's right. I'm just saying it makes sense. Like if 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 mm -hmm. a lady that you or a, or a man that you went on a great date with just suddenly stops like replying to you, then it's like, why are you not replying to me? You left with this like this person's not replying to you because I owe you money and they know it. But like that's still wrong to do. But that's not really ghosting so much as it is like broke ass dickhead behavior. I just think I think there's something so weak about not just getting back to someone and telling them, 
you know, just telling them how you feel, how, what you actually think of them. I mean, it's going to hurt their feelings for a couple of uh, seconds, but at least then after that, they can make plans to move on with their life. I mean, it's for because example, of this bloody internet malarkey, Gareth, it makes having a relationship much too easy. And that time, no. you not only hand wrote your letter and then carried it yourself to the bloody post box. You, you took time. You had personal stationery, and it took a day or two. You would compile an, a beautiful essay because this was the opportunity to speak to the outside world. The rest of the time, you were on the farm. And you know, now you can just answer or not answer. It's fast food where it used to be gourmet when we were youngsters back in the, back in the golden days. Gordo, uh, just tell me, do you still write? I mean, do you write really florid, beautiful emails to people and, and make an effort with, because you're a writer, uh, I know that so much stuff just has to be done, right? So you, you, you really put together utilitarian emails, I'm sure, like everybody. But do you occasionally sit there and craft something that's truly lovely and make an absolute effort with somebody if it's an email or a handwritten letter i don't know if you still do those do you ever get to write like that just in the course yeah. of personal correspondence i try i try i try with work stuff to be more concise than i am otherwise like it's otherwise i write like i talk on the show you get like a proper essay whether you want one or not but i try to add like one or two little things into a into a mail that like personalize it so it's not all like to hi there with regard to our previous mail. Like I try not to make it too sort of impersonal. I try to throw in like one sentence that will either resonate with the person individually because I know a bit about them or that kind of gives me a bit of personality and, and that makes it less generic. But what I do in a work situation sometimes, and this irritates me, is when I know people haven't read my mail because it's too long. Now, we're not talking about 14 pages. We're talking about half a page. But I go to great lengths to make sure that this thing is unfucking idiotable. Like, you can't misunderstand it. It has all the information because I, I hate getting a vague request or referring to something. We had, a, we had a meeting three months ago about a thing. So you must remember everything that was spoken there. So I like write a very thorough mail. And I know some, and again, I'm not talking 8,000 words, I'm talking 500 words. And it covers everything. Mm -hmm the context, the background, what we need to do, and a few key points. And then people don't read it because they look at it and they're like, oh, it's too long, he's too long-winded. So I sometimes probably overwrite work mails, but fuck it's thorough because I would much rather have a slightly too long mail that covers concisely and clearly covers everything than a vague one that's short and you're like, okay, now I've got to go and do some research to figure out what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah, they're, not, they're not designed to be entertaining. They're designed to be informative. A lot of those, a lot of those emails... Um, I have a system where I try to reply to everything within 24 hours. And even if it's just to say, listen, this is the, one of those things I'm going to need to take a little bit longer for, but it's in my inbox. I will deal with it. I'll get back to you next week. You know, I, I don't, I hate, maybe it's because I'm extremely fastidious and conscientious about things like this. I love having an empty inbox on a Friday. I'm looking at mine now. I've an got email inbox or an empty inbox. Empty inbox. Um, I'm looking at it now. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight emails that I have to reply to before I can close my inbox for the day. Oh. And, and I've managed to keep up to date. So even last night at 11 o'clock, I was replying to some so that I could get them out of the way. Hmm. And I clear out every Friday. It's empty. So I can start the week with a brand new one on Monday. It's a little bit 
a little bit too control freak for some people. Yeah, I used to try and keep. So I've got like a Gmail that's all my personal shit. And then I have work email addresses for work stuff. But I used to try and like get rid of a a Gmail thing. Any like if it was seven, eight in the inbox, it would like annoy me. But now, then I kind of decided to let go and let God and leave that shit. And I now have like a thousand of them unread, unopened mails. But like that, once every two or three months, I go through there and like, okay, then go in contact because it's FNB's thing and then select all and then mark is red and it's like 250 and there's a few other things spamming you. And then you're left with like 200 mails you've got to go through and like, like file that for the accounts, file that for the accounts, delete that. And then you're like, oh shit, I missed a mail from someone I actually know. But like life's too short to stay on top of that shit. Some shit you just got to let become chaos. Not with work emails. Like I No, not I, with work emails. I make sure I see all my emails. The only difference with Gareth and I is that I, I'll read an email the first time around and then mark it as unread if I need to go back to it. So that I know that uh, I okay. so I have like a few unreads, but all of them have been read and I know I just need to reply to it again or this is gonna take longer. This is you know, something that needs a week or two. That's it. When it comes to work emails, no. You you gotta know what's going on in the zoo. Mm-mm. Yeah. Also, like I find I'm just bad at keeping track of stuff if I'm doing it mentally. So if I try to come back to this, I won't. And then I'll feel bad. So I try to deal with it right away. That's why for me, like an email is an interruption. I'm busy working and someone mails me and I'm like, fuck, why now? You know, I, like, I keep, I'm in the middle of something. I have lists of everything. So I make lists every single day. I've got a to-do list and I write at the top to-do list and then I put the date and then I have all the things. And as I go through them in the day, I cross them off. And if anything gets left over at the end of it, it goes into the next day as number one. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a system. I don't think everybody should have to have the same system. I mean, some people, that would drive them crazy, right? There are those people who, they look like their lives are chaos. They're always Everything's messy around them, but they're actually very organized. I don't know how those people get it right, but I respect them nonetheless. And there are also those people in life who I'm, I marvel at these guys. It's like these people who you can ask them to do something once. You only have to ask them once and it gets done. No matter what, they'll make sure that it's done. I love people like that. I just want to say, if you're one of those people this morning and you're listening to us going, that's me, God bless you. You are just spectacular. We need... We need just hundreds of you and we can get rid of everybody else. Everyone's going to do attribution, attribution phenomenon. I don't know what it's called. Attribution theory or attribution, the attribution principle in psychology where you attribute positive things to yourself. So when someone will say on the internet, like smart people will get this and dumb people don't get it. A hundred percent of everyone goes, that's me. But meanwhile, more than half of humans are are, are dumb. The, the the, The people above average, massively uh, are far it's not like 50 percent of people are above average and 50 percent of people are below average most people are below average and then you've got outliers who are way above average um, right. so like the majority of people are a bit thick and the majority of people are a bit slow and every 100 percent of people will go like you know, the world's full of such idiots most people are so dumb and 100 percent of people go yeah they are yeah, <laughs> people are so terrible at fucking driving. If people could just drive better, the world would be less chaos. A hundred percent of drivers are like, "Yeah, you know, you're right." Why are you busy following the car in front of you into the middle of the intersection where there's no space on the other side for you, but you go anyway and create the reason the next if the next generation of green robot can't go? Oh. And you sit there while everyone's hitting at you, going, ah, "Yeah, you're right, Gareth. Most people are such cuck drivers. Fucking idiot." <laughs> 
God, now that you brought up driving. So this morning, as I was driving into um, the studio, I'm on the highway. I'm like driving at 100, minding my business. And the taxi in front of me decides, no, I don't want to be in the middle lane anymore. I want to hog up two lanes. So he's basically in the middle of the, the middle lane and the fast lane. And he's like, this is where I'm going to drive for the next like five kilometers in the middle of the lanes. And I was like, only in South A. Like only in South A would we see this in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, ne? Yeah. It's hard not to take shit personally. <laughs> you have to let go and let go. You have to be like, this is not about me. This person is not trying to like do a dirt to me. They're just doing a dirt <laughs> full stop. Like, it's not about you. Unfortunately, this terrible war that is terrible in Israel and, and um, the Gaza Strip is not about you, Cheryl. It's not. Yes. I'm sorry. Like, and your opinion about it's not going to change anything. That taxi, he wants to be a puss and he's succeeding and you just happen to be there at the, at the right place. Well, at the right you, time. Were a, you were a puss this morning to Anthea. She says, oh my God, I've missed you, Gord, but thanks for ruining quackers for me. So she's oh, unhappy sorry, about Anthea. Hey, it's Anthea. If it's the same Anthea Freeman I know, then she's lovely, and I haven't spoken to her or seen her for ages. And old friends. That's because you don't. Total coincidence could be somebody with just the same name. But uh, if it's Anthea, she's stuck there in your email. You just never got back to her because you're only at the end of the year when you clear out your inbox. Sanella though disagrees. He says you haven't ruined quackers. I never knew about them, but I love them more after Gord dropped that intel about them throwing their babies at predators. Um, so uh, my lady friend and I, my girlfriend and I, we were off doing like a go look at um, the various freezing cold but beautiful beaches around. Uh, I'm trying to think Maiden's Cove. Uh, there's all these little beaches around this area where the water's like seven degrees, but it's really pretty. And they have... Dussies, there's ones with like, I'm trying to remember which one it is. It's right by Clifton. I think it's Maiden's Cove, but these big rocks and there's Dussies on the rocks. And I'm like, fuck, Dussies are the cutest things. Dussies are so cute. And we under celebrate them in South Africa because they're like, they're so cute and they're so fluffy and they're so, they got like big round bums. They look a lot like quackers. They are amazing. And I'm like, why haven't we domesticated these? You just got to catch a baby one, raise it in captivity, then do the same with a few others and then breed those. And eventually you'll have tame. We can all have a, a, a dasi. Turns out that they excrete some foul smelling liquid as a, like a defense mechanism. And so that's why you can't have a pet dasi. But we have dasis in South Africa. Wombats are especially cute. Otters are incredibly cute. Quackers are quite cute, but the whole baby murdering thing's a bit, a bit weird. You were talking about... <laughs> me posting pictures of cute things on the internet yeah cute things are a vibe much more interesting than you know a 51 year old afrikaans woman's opinion on who's goodies and who's baddies in a war in another continent whether it's ukraine or whether it's ukraine or palestine or whatever it's like had you never been born this would be exactly the same not one more or less people would have been killed because you were not right. born as a result so listen, of your bitching internet. Do me a favor, keep posting the cute things. I also will encourage anybody who hasn't already to go to turtlebirdbooks.com to get Gord's latest children's book. And if you have any any intel on how to get them into that system that these old women, it's exclusive books seem to have uh, total control over, 
then you can get hold of him there. Simpiwe, what are you uh, going to do with your girlfriends? Drink mocktails and cocktails all weekend? Yes, yes. I've not had a strong drink in a few weeks, so that's what I want to get up to. I want to relax, sit back, and just, you know, listen to my girls and what they've been up to and how life has been treating them. That's all I want to do this weekend, and that's exactly what I plan on doing. Brilliant. you see? What are you getting up to this weekend? Are you gallivanting? Are you off somewhere fancy? No, I'm not going anywhere fancy. I'm going away with uh, family to some place in the wild. Just going to do some hikes and Ooh. like outdoorsy Ooh. stuff, which I haven't done for years. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be very, nice. very healthy and, and uh, you know, good for me generally. Quick question, Gareth, because I've gone mm. hiking a few times now. Uh, what kind of hiker are you? Are you the type that's like, you know, paddling very fast and you're like, we need to be done with this like 10 kilometers, no, no, no. like 45 minutes? <laughs> Because I've gone on hiking time. trips with a few friends like that. I was like, oh, you took the wrong person. Took the no, wrong one. I will, I will t it's like slow walks on a slight gradient. I'm not going up mountains like this. Not a chance. And I'm not going to run. There's no way that's going to happen. That's I would encourage, you know, because it, when it's a walk, then it's like, it's. I understand the, the scenic pleasure. But jogging is really running away from nothing. From where exactly. you are to where you already are. It's like, hey, bro, where are you going? I'm going to here. But mm. what do you mean <laughs> if you're going to there? Well, I'm going here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to just go the long way to where I already am. Anyway, no, I'm not trying to distract it. Like, it's, it's fun and it's no, fitness and, and, and all of that. But it is a little bit weird, like fleeing an, an imaginary predator to get to where you already are. Um, at least hiking, you're going somewhere. I just want to finish with saying I encourage everybody, young and old, Regardless of ethnicity, like I know this might feel like old white people things. It's even, it's a whole generation old for me. But just because we don't play out with music anymore and we don't have the, the music gap in the beginning and the end and the middle, just play Boston's more than a feeling. Just put that on. Like, start doing it now if it's safe to do so in traffic. You get your Spotify out and start Bostoning. That you need that song in your life today. If, it, if we could play out with it, we would. But just do it. Just don't even question it. Just play it. Even if it's to know that you hate it and Gord, Gord had a crap suggestion. Boston's more than a feeling is what you need All right. today. Okay. There we go. Some solid advice. All right, Gordon, thanks for standing in at the last minute for us this morning. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Bye.